This episode is brought to you by the V1 Project. Before we dive into today's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast, I want to tell you about something that's really quite special to me. It's called the V1 Project, and it's all about bringing professional pilots together to create a supportive community. You know, being a pilot is more than just a job. It's a way of life. The V1 Project is here to help you cultivate a core set of values and virtues that will help you enhance not just your career, but all aspects of your life. Many of you have reached out and asked about the Lift Effect Mental Skills course for value-based living. While we're not offering that course right now as a standalone course, we have included it as the first four months of the V1 Project. So if you want to take that course, you got to go into the V1 Project to get it. But here's the thing. The V1 Project is not just about what you learn, it's about who you meet. It's all about building a strong sense of community. Picture yourself surrounded by like-minded individuals, all on a journey to better themselves and to support each other. Our motto says it all. V1 is a place for professional pilots to build community, cultivate and develop and express a core set of values and virtues for optimal living in a supportive community with encouragement and professional guidance. So if you're a professional pilot looking for something more, something that'll take your career and your life to the next level, head on over to the v1project.com. That's www.theve1 as in the number one, not O-N-E, but one, project.com. Join the V1 Project today and let's go. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to the Lift Effect Podcast. I am your host, Matt McNeil, founder, clinical director, and director of human performance at Lift Effect, where we assist professional pilots with maintaining better mental health and optimizing their mental skills. The goal of this podcast is simple, to help pilots and other high liability professionals and disciplines come out of the shadows to discover how we can live better lives personally and professionally. Join us each episode as we discuss various topics ranging from mental health, mental skills and performance, to business, entrepreneurship, and a few other surprises along the way. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. I'm Carl Keller, and I'm looking at the mug of the day. No, not my coffee mug, sorry. <laughs> Matt McNeil sitting there smiling, wondering what I'm gonna say today to sit there and make him sit there and snicker and laugh and yuck yuck. So Tag, you're you know, you get to look at my coffee mug and I get to look at your mug. Yeah, man. Sweet. What's up? Yeah. How, How are you doing? doing? I'm doing okay. I'm doing, doing good. How are you doing? What's doing. what's the good word? <laughs> the word is it's Friday. <laughs> it's another it's another week down it's been a it's been a busy week it's just a lot of stuff going on and just trying to get get everything squared away and keep things going how about you uh it's been a busy super busy week my wife broke her foot yesterday oh um so that that i had to cancel the afternoon to take her to the hospital and so i'm trying to make up for it today with you know it's like okay, let's cram everything in on my on my my uh, admin day. Friday is turning into a everything day. So, but uh, uh, you know, it's I hate to say it in that regards. At least it it's it's a place where you at least had some space. Whereas before you didn't. Right. Um, I've always thought that one of the things that, and I've said this about airline management, same mm. thing is one of the things they seem to always excel at is crisis 
and chaos management. Yeah. You know, that when things get really hectic, you are able to find a way to push through it. But that's like you say, it's unless not the way unless to you live fly life. unless you fly for a regional. Then <laughs> yeah. then it's if anything out of the ordinary happens, the wheels just completely come off. <laughs> you know, that was where it's like, you know, you're like, okay, I, I don't fly for a real airline. I mean, no, I'm just I'm joking. But it's like, you know, it's there's a big difference between United and uh, a regional feeder for United and that in, when there's IROPS, my biggest complaint about the regionals was it was it felt like everything was together when everything was good, but as soon as like you throw a little wrench in there, it was just like the it just it's like a jalopy, man. It just <laughs> you know everything imploded, man. There's like no hotel rooms, no planes, no crew, no nobody knows what the heck's going on. Yeah, you know, you know, and the operation things oftentimes <laughs> seem to make happen. But don't talk about hotels though. That that was always a nightmare. Even when things were going well, it seemed like that was a challenge. Um, you know, and that's kind of a an interesting segue into. You know, talking about something that we deal with all the time, which mm. is work being in the simulator mm-hmm. when things go well and then when things don't and how to to deal with issues that are are occur in there. Because uh, we had a, a couple of questions talking about how to deal with issues wh- when you're in the simulator mm-hmm. and how to address mm. those kind of things. And uh, so that's probably a pretty good segue into dealing with chaos and dealing with things when they aren't quite going well. Mm-hmm. Um Kind of, I'm leaving it open ended a little Ooh, bit because it's pretty it, open. Uh, yeah, it is. Okay. Well, I think when things start to fall apart in the sim, I don't know the specific question that you got, but that we got. Uh, but I get questions about that is like, well, what, you know, things start to be, you know, feel like they're going badly in the sim, which is usually it's not. I mean, there's there, there could just be the, the sort of the brain fart where it's like, okay, I just like blew through that localizer or I completely missed the altitude or whatever happens or I crashed it. You know, sometimes you don't want to red, red. I mean, and mm-hmm. that's just like, okay, that's just not your day. Anybody can fail a check ride on any given day for any reason. That's just the game that we play. Um, and sometimes it just yep. hap- it just happens, right? You're like, I don't even know what happened, but I, 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 biffed that up and and i you know pink slip you know it's like yeah you got to get a retrain that's what's nice about aqp is you can you know try it again they understand that anybody can fail a ride in any given day and that's that's fine um but when i think the more insidious issue that we see where people really come to lift effect for mental skills training is when they feel like there's this pattern of death by a thousand paper cuts where this, the, the checking events just, there's an erosion that just happens consistently where they're like, I just can't seem to get it together. And the trigger is I made a mistake and then I just kept making mistake after mistake after mistake after mistake. And so that's where you can actually improve on that. You can work on that. So there's a many, many reasons why that could be happening. It, but it it comes down to mental management. Mental management is like the fifth, the hundred thousand foot banner. Okay, this is a mental management issue that you have now. What are the the mile markers along the road of mental management? Well, mindset, um, uh, motivation and commitment, focus and awareness, self 
self-control and discipline, which I think is the biggest one. Maybe we can hammer on that for a second. Uh, but things like, you know, not being able to use mental imagery, not establishing habits and good routines. There's a bunch of reasons of where things can erode under the banner of mental management. But I think what I see the biggest issue with, and it's funny, I was just working on this this morning um, with, uh, with Brian, who you know, um, on just kind of the mental skills stuff. He's starting to do some coaching on that. Um, he's amazing. He's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. He really I'm gonna, we're going to have him on the podcast. Uh, but Brian is, is just a superstar, and he's a huge contributor to our community. Uh, but we were talking about self-control and discipline. And, and so since it's on the top of my mind, why don't we just talk about that for a little bit? Sure. Um, so I was going to follow up if you didn't. Okay, I knew you one. were. I could see it in your eyes. You, yeah. had, you had that look in your eye. I was like, uh-oh. Yeah. He liked that look, He's you? going in for the kill. <laughs> he, he's go, that caught, that caught you, the big guy's attention, man. He's, yeah, <laughs> usually it's more the glazing, like, oh, my God. I, he, he, you, you're so smart. Sometimes I sit there and go, God. Nah, it's like just, holding that candle. <laughs> I just got nothing. I just have nothing better to do. That's It's not smart, man. It's not smart. Um, so what I see the biggest problem is there's a lack of self-control and there's a lack of discipline in adversity in the, the sim in the sim or even in the out online where this can happen too um, is there's there's you're not controlling your 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 own emotions you're not controlling your behaviors um, and so some the, let's start with there's some myths i think around self-control and discipline that people maintain when you think about that is and one is um i if i have self-control and discipline um i then i don't i don't have any enjoyment or i don't have any fun it takes all the fun out of out of the uh the activity and i see this in sports a lot especially with younger kids they are like, but I just want to have fun. This takes the fun out of it. If I have self-control mm. and I have discipline, then I'm not going to have as much fun. That's a myth. That's actually not true. I think self-control and discipline actually allows you to have more fun because you can actually make progress uh, at the activity. Second, um, if I just work uh, better, uh, or I just work better when I am um, not organized, um, you know, that that's high achievers, you know, that that's not true and we see a lot of there's a lot of adhd kind of stuff with pilots i mean think about like hyper ability to focus but just sort of squirrel you know distracted um which by the way the faa you really need to change your policies on this adhd stuff it's time it's time but i digress so that you actually know even if you're kind of an ocd type um high achievers have a system and a structure to be consistent and consistency wins at the end of the game it always wins like we always say in v1 do a little bit like like break it down even smaller but just do that a lot watch how that changes versus trying to do some big grandiose thing and you just do it once and then you drop it perfectionists pilots are perfectionists and what we see a lot when people don't perform is they start to punish themselves um when they feel that there's a lack of self-control and discipline which is how do they punish themselves self-loathing um avoidance behaviors just uh just poor self-image that kind of thing 
Um, and then there's a myth too, is that self-control is all you need. No, it's, it's not. Discipline is actually more important than self-control. Self-control is a last ditch effort behind the most important aspect of better preparation and routines. So that's important. Okay. So now these are, that's kind of like the, the, the BS that goes out there about what is self-control and what is discipline. So then how do you apply this? Well, there's some very practical ways you can you can do this it's really important and instructors that are listening to this i've we've preached on it before we've talked about this probably ad nauseum but repetitions the mother of mastery you have to emphasize the positive if you just emphasize that it's not to not acknowledge that the areas that need work but if you only focus on that you're imprinting uh, basically a deficit-based approach versus a strength-based approach. You need to emphasize the positive. So for that pilot that's falling short in the sim a lot, they never are emphasizing anything positive, ever. They're only focusing on the, the area that needs improvement. Everybody is capable uh, of better self-control and discipline and this old dogs can't learn new tricks which is you know some of these pilots that come to us when they're they're older and they i can't do that that's not how i am that's not how i do this um i always just in, in insert the word yet so that is not true there's not a point where you're too old to learn this if you're too old to learn this you shouldn't be in the cockpit i mean let's if you can't learn something new then there's probably a bigger issue that's going <laughs> that's going on yep. um and so I think that there's where they get tripped up, where people get tripped up is they say, you know, I need to feel uh, like I want to do this in order to be able to apply new techniques. I got to, I got to feel, I'm not feeling this, you know, guys say, I'm not feeling this. Um, and it's like, well, actually, no, you actually don't need to feel anything. Um, there's, in our society, and I think the way our, way our brains work, we tend to think, I have to feel better mentally before I can then execute behaviorally, right? Like, nah, I just don't feel like getting up and doing it today. I'm not feeling it. I need to get myself in a better mind space before I can do this. Actually, not true. That's an, out, that's an inside-out approach. I got to improve inside before I can then go outside. Actually, outside-in is more powerful, and in psychology, we call that behavioral activation. Sometimes if you just change your behavior, that will then impact internally what's happening emotionally. So you, understanding the difference between your actions and how you feel about it, that's a big difference. You got to understand that if you're going to start to work on self-control, right? I don't really care if you're upset or if you're losing your mind and you're going into catastrophic thinking. You can still direct your behavior in a way that is more adaptive that will you know give you a better shot at improving your performance and in fact if you just execute that behavior let's watch what that does to you emotionally does that make sense oh yeah yeah and and i i would want to take this i'm gonna i'm gonna step outside the cockpit for a second and mm -hmm. go what you just said you said something that I think is so important and I think we all miss it and don't do enough of it. You, you said emphasize the positive. Think, and, and I'm going to, I'm going to put it in a context that you, we deal with every day. And that is as a spouse and as a parent dealing with 
our loved ones when our child is doing something wrong or our, we're frustrated with our spouse mm-hmm. and we immediately go negative and focus exclusively on the negative without, like you say, emphasizing the positive. It's like, you know, with a spouse, you chose them. The children, you know, that's a slightly different story. But if you like you say, if you're, all you're talking about is the negative and that's all they hear, how is that positive impact? Uh, and the same thing with your spouse. If, if that's what they hear, you're one step closer to not having a spouse mm-hmm. type thing. So uh, I think... Or just having a that, very unhappy one. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. Just having a, a miserable relationship. So I, I think that is such an important thing that, that encompasses everything we do. You know, and like I said, you focused it on the on the cockpit, but I just think that step back and look at applying that throughout your life could have amazing changes. Yes. And I need to do more of it. Uh, know, we all do. I mean, we all do. Yeah. And we, we go into that freeze, fight, or run response just because of our biological makeup uh, to really focus on what is the threat. Because again, we seek pleasure and avoid pain. And we want to be like, oh my God, everything is a, everything is a, a potential pain inducer. And so it's a tendency to go very negative. I mean, there's Jason Selk um, is an incredible uh, sports psychologist. And he talks about there's two levels of thinking that we are into. It's There's problem-centric thinking, PCT, uh, which we just go to. That's that's what we do. We, we just focus on the problems. And when the, you get into that, you can actually, through your own initiative, go into relentless solution-focused thinking, RSF. So PCT should trigger RSF. Relentless solution focus is, okay, what is one thing I can do to improve this situation right now? One thing, one little thing. That is really powerful. That's really, really powerful. So you you have to be able to emphasize the positive. Understand that there's you're capable and know the difference between your actions and your feelings. And you can still dictate your actions even if they're in direct opposition to your feelings about it. So... Now let's look at like, so what would be a strategy that you could teach somebody, which I think is what the question was, is, well, what do you do? The first thing that I, when I work with a client around this, and I'm just going to give you the 50,000 foot view. There's a lot that goes into this, but, but here's, here's just kind of a quick snapshot. One is you need to, you got to flush the, the, when you make a a mistake, or you experience a uh, a negative emotion, thought, feeling. I mean, the number one innovator of self-control and discipline, an innovator means disruptor uh, of self-control and discipline, is negative emotions, thoughts, feelings. We and we can't control those. I mean, they they come up, right? You can't control what you think about. You can you can control where you try to place your attention, but sometimes we just have negative thoughts. Sometimes we have feelings that are uncomfortable. Sometimes situations are just kind of negative. And what erodes self-control and discipline is when that's negative, which makes sense, doesn't it? I mean, mm-hmm. you get that negative situation, negative feeling, negative thought, and then it it's just it disrupts your self-control. It disrupts your ability to be disciplined in the moment. So those are bricks. I want you to think of those negative things, mistakes, negative thinking, negative feeling 
negative emotions, those are bricks. And the first thing you need to know is, is you gotta, you got to understand that our actions and our decisions are like bricks. Mistakes are bricks. And you've got to train yourself to release the mental bricks that start to weigh you down. So step one is recognize, oh, this is a brick. This is a brick. Because if you don't, you're just, you're just lugging this thing around that's weighing you down. So you got to recognize, as we always talk about, recognition is the first step of everything. I mean, most important part of stall recovery is knowing you're stalling. It's not yeah, getting recognize. the nose down. Recognize, right? Yeah. Same thing with the emotional stall. Is Think of it as an emotional stall. Recognize that this is a brick. Step two is you have to release the brick. <laughs> Get rid of it. In, in sports, a lot of times we talk about flush it. In aviation, I call outflow valve it. You have to visualize this brick getting sucked out of the outflow valve in the back. You can't just say, I need to release it. You've got to have a visual cue. That's how our brains work. You've got to imagine that mistake or that emotion or that what whatever negative experience you're having. You've got to, you've got to make it become a brick. Sometimes you put the little name on it or there's a color to it. And then you have to visually picture it getting sucked out of the outflow valve. You're releasing it. Step three is then, and this is where Jason Selk's work is so powerful, is make the next best decision. Recover. Recover. No matter what has happened, which may have been out of your control, Maybe it was, you know, the, the, the evaluator is you saw him bring the clipboard up and he starts writing, which really freaks people out. <laughs> They're like, oh, God, what is he writing? Yeah. Oh, what is she writing down? And but but here's the deal. No matter what has happened, you can control what you do next. 100 percent. You control. I, I've always said you can't change what's happened. It happened. It doesn't mean right. it, when you say forget it and flush it. In my mind, I go. I set it aside for the future because I want to sit there and go. Why did I do what I did so that I don't do it again? In the but future. here's a but, differentiator. But it's not the time to do now. Is not and so it. you must flush it for now. Right. You got to get it the f out of there. Don't yep. you know? It's, yes, it's I got, agree. You have to reflect later, but now's not the time. It's out of sight, out of mind, gone, so that you can focus on the here and now because you've got to think about it as if you were really in the cockpit. It's not like you're going to stop the sim and set it down and go, hey, let's talk about this. Right. You treat it as if, you know what, things are going on. I, I've yeah, got that to focus is not going to. Exactly. Exactly. You know, I, what am I going to do to fix, overcome whatever it is that occurred or fix it or move forward from it? Fail forward. You, you, whatever happened, happened. You got to move forward. Yep. You're absolutely right. So you got it. So it's re re reflect and learn, flush that shit, dump it, and then make the next best decision. Regardless of how you feel. How you feel, I mean, I could tell you, I want you to feel like you cannot lift your arm above your head. I want you to just imagine that you can't lift your, like, you don't have the ability to lift your arm above your head. Now lift your arm above your head and still feel like you cannot 
lift your arm above your head, right? I'm doing it. Well, how did I do that? It shows you that your emotions and your thoughts and your feelings, in many respects, when you have awareness, have nothing to do with what your behavior does. So it's it's okay if you feel like a loser and you feel like you're a failure and you feel like in that moment, I'm fine with that. But what you do matters the most. What you choose to do next. Maybe it was a screw up. Maybe it was an unfair thing. Maybe your sim partner screwed you, right? Set you up. You like That's fine. But what you do next, you actually have control over that. 100%. All right. So now, should we keep going? Absolutely. I got more. Okay. I can keep going on this. Well, uh, wow. these are things that you can apply across everything. But like you say, we're looking at it from this simulator yeah. perspective. It's because it, this happens to everybody. Yep. There, I have yet to see the perfect sim ride. No, anybody, yeah, even the best person out there. There's things that you can improve upon and go. God, I could have done that better, or or you could have supported your 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 captain or your first officer better. Yeah, you know, it isn't always so much what they do. It's also what you can do to help them. That's so, right. Yeah, there's always, you need to be reflective on that, but you need to focus on getting the job done. That's right. To the best of your ability. I agree. So now we got to create a recognize, release, refocus routine. So th this is useful. And the way I like to think about this, if you work with us, um, I think of light signals. Are you in a green light? which is like everything's good, right? Things are flowing. Just it's like whoosh, whipping through green lights. No problem. It's like green, green, green. You ever have those drives? You're like, this is amazing. I'm getting every no, green light. I never get it. You I never, never get, get it. Oh, yeah, I forgot who I'm talking to. I forgot I envy those that do. Carl's sitting at the red light. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he gets yeah. all the reds. And, you, and, and the problem is you're driving going, oh, that must be green because you're colorblind. Oh, yeah. what green? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, actually, I'm not colorblind, but um, <laughs> no, but, no, you're but not. yeah, but okay. So, I just don't want the FA to be like, wait a minute, it's Matt you colorblind. <laughs> it's like, well, I passed the test, but yeah, it's like, okay, so know know your light signals. Green is good. Yellow means okay. Some there's there's some kind of issue that's starting to develop, and then red is you know full stop. I am activated. I'm in trouble. You know, hearts up in your throat, you feel the blood drain out of your face, heart starts pounding, you know, you're like, you can't start, everything narrows, you can't start to think straight, that's red. Yellow is, you know, we've talked about this in the past, like what are the, um, what are the signs and symptoms? Uh, well, we use body language, where your attention is focused, and then what is the self-talk that you're, you're doing with yourself to recognize what is your light signal? So... You've got to, you first have to, you, you got to recognize. Uh, and I use those three things, right? And so a green light is, you know, you're, I'm sitting up straight and I'm you know, nice and relaxed and you're not death gripping the yoke. Everything's good. You're flying with trim or you're just autopilot's going great. Just kind of managing everything. Green might be you starting to squirm a little bit. You know, you're like, uh starting to lean in. You mean yellow. Or I'm sorry, yellow. Excuse me, yellow. Uh, is starting to things are starting to like mm, you know you're like uh not sure this is going in the right direction and then red is just full-blown meltdown so feel what do you where do you feel in your body where is your focus 
And then what is the little voice that's going on in your mind, uh, in your head? What's that little voice sound like? You've all got your own. You need to rec- and work with the coach to really distill this down. So that's that's the first. You got to recognize step one. Um, I just wanted to throw out yeah. with the yellow. Yes, it, things can be going well. Sure, but you can also be looking and going. Uh, you can kind of see things on the horizon, like in in the cockpit. You're seeing weather. Mm-hmm. You're starting to hear a lot of chatter. Again, it's heightened awareness. Yep. Just that, hey, things. Like you said, it, so it's not that things are going wrong within your world, so to speak, right? But they, you can see them out there. So that's being re- proactive. Yeah, and, and this and, is we're and, talking about about uh, what are the light signals going on emotionally in your mind, yep. right? And so for me, I think, and I think for a lot of clients, where it shifts from green light to yellow light, and look, it's just like driving. You're going to be, you're going to be in these light signals all day it's never always green i mean that's absurd like you you that's just part of the game is that the lights change but for for me and i think a lot of people is when my focus especially in a training environment when my focus starts to become on the instructor am i pleasing the instructor as the instructor happy you're getting going from when you're green you don't give a shit you're like what i don't even know the guys in there right doesn't matter my flight you tell him go to sit back there and relax you know um that's how you should approach your training events this is my training event not his he's just there to evaluate me i'm gonna treat this just like a regular flight uh but when you start to focus on what is going on for them your light signals are starting to change because you're now focusing not on what necessarily what you're doing but on what is the result you're losing the process to to start to focus on the outcome which process orientation versus outcome process always wins always 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 wins it's another topic for another day but so you need to recognize when this is happening now once you recognize it you need to be able to release this you have to have a routine to basically turn off the negative response and get back into place where you have greater self-control to focus on the task that is at hand. So h- how do you do this? Well, there's a few a few good ways to do this. And again, every person is individual. And this is where it really, I, I just am telling you, you need to work with a coach to do this. You can't just like, okay, I got this on a podcast. Now I'm going to go implement it. <laughs> it's not that simple, oh. right? So I just want to tell people this is not... You know, we're not giving a, a medical or clinical or coaching advice here, because um, everybody's got their own their own triggers and their own propensities that you can that can be a hindrance or can be a, a uh, an advantage. So you got to work with the coach to figure that out. But uh, one is you can do is do something physical. So make a physical action and an association that tells you're telling yourself i'm initiating my release routine so if you want to see this in action watch baseball players watch pitchers and watch batters especially pitchers they you notice they're up there they do they touch their hat they do you know they take the ball they do this they put it in the glove they do, it's like all of this is is on purpose it's not just by chance and a lot of it is they're you know they'll reach down and grab the bag you know the chalk bag and put it down or they'll They'll clear the mound with their foot. All of this stuff is rehearsed mental cues. 
for them to refocus, especially if they're where they are in the count or if somebody just hit off of them, they're, you're going to watch their routine. You can start taking notes on them. You'll be like, oh, I know exactly what he's doing now because he, this is all pre-planned. He is learning how to recognize, release, and refocus. So to this, get back in the zone. Get back in the zone. It's, re, it's just re-engage, re-engage. So it starts with doing something simple, something physical that you can trigger, okay, I am now refocusing. Second, breathe. Yeah, that's why they're always like, you see them breathe, pitch, or batters, same thing. Breath is everything. And we, we harp on it in V1 all the time. Just breathe. You've, we don't breathe properly. And breath is life. And so just taking a inhale for five, hold for two, exhale for seven is through the nose, not through the mouth. Through the nose. Through We've talked the about nose. this before. Yes. Mouth closed. Mouth closed because you don't want to trigger the <laughs> parasympathetic. Yeah, you're triggering your it nervous does. system otherwise. So you want to like let this just, it's this, okay, I'm going to take a deep breath and focus on a focal point. A focal point is a spot that reminds you to come back to the present moment. That's the attitude indicator. Attitude is the present moment of your life, right? Just like when we're in an instrument scan, you can look at all the other stuff, but eventually you want to look at the attitude indicator to get the big picture of like, okay, what's the basic attitude of this? Does it make sense? Or is this going in the wrong direction here? So take that deep breath, and then it really helps to have some kind of verbal trigger, a simple word that you can use like recover, release, you got this. Yes, whatever it is, you decide something that really resonates with you uh, that, that just triggers you that you are now kind of releasing this, you're resetting, then we have to go into refocus. So take a deep breath on the focal point and then you can have a thought, an image or a feeling, tiff, where you wanna refocus on the image and a feeling that you want to portray or embody to get yourself back into this green, you know, from the, the, the red or the yellow back into green. And that might be like, this is going to feel great when I'm done. <laughs> this is going to feel awesome when I nail this, this, uh, this maneuver, or I'm, I'm, I'm going to absolutely get this, get, get my game back here. And that's going to feel great. So you can trigger that. And then, and then most importantly, repeat it, repeat every time, every time you do this. You know, I think I'm going to have to work with you on my on my verbal cue. I'm thinking squirrel isn't cutting squirrel. it anymore. <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> yeah. I'm getting squirrel. Squirrel. Darn it. That's not my recover word. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. What was, Darn it. What was I doing? <laughs> yeah, squirrel. <laughs> right. So that's, oh, I, I mean, that's like a quick, you know, I mean, that's a quick uh, sort of idea of what, what can you do um, when you feel like things are starting to go south. In the environment, these are actionable steps. But like I said before, work with somebody to really develop this to tailored around your specific issues uh, and your own kind of what's going to really work with you because it's got to be right for you. It can't be, you know, what somebody else does. You got to, it's got to find the right thing that's going to really resonate for you, and then you can just like go with that, and and it'll change your entire experience. You could use this in any anything, not yeah. just in the sim. I mean, and I was going to say, you know, this is going way outside of it, but just anything that triggers you, 
you yeah. know, recognize it. You know, uh, uh, I think about it because it happens, um, it seems like more often than I would like to say sometimes with, with my children. And, and, you know, they do things and they irritate you. Recognize that you're getting irritated because the goal is to sit there and maintain a balanced, positive, calm approach to stuff. When you get frustrated, all of a sudden you lose, you're losing your perspective of stuff. Recognize that. Take that deep breath. Kind of recage the gyro, get back to the moment and what was the issue, and deal with it in a in a in a positive manner. Yeah. So everything you said here that is so important and you and useful in your professional life can be applied throughout. And I think the most important thing to take away from that is the more you incorporate that, the more it becomes a habit, and then that's that consistency and that. That's what you you do it because that's part of what you do now all the time. That's mm -hmm. how you handle things. If that's not the way you live your life, it's harder for you to sit there and do that because now you're doing it only situationally. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I made a comment on a recent one. I it was so hard to when the, when we first had to start putting on our seatbelts. Yep. Uh, and now I just do it automatically. Yeah. I don't situation. Feels weird with, well, if you I'll don't do, have it on. Yeah, I, I, I'll put it on when my, my wife's in the car, but not when I'm alone. No, no, I put it on all the time. I don't even think about it. So if you apply these things and you put them in your life, because these are things that will serve you well. Yes. They'll allow you to deal with issues like this without having, because you'll just do it automatically. Yeah. It'll be, I'll, I'll step back, recage my gyro, and move forward. Mm -hmm. So these are, these. this is a life long learning lesson here that you can apply across everything. Yep. I agree. 100%. There you um, have it. More to the story, but a, that's a starter method, you know, just to kind of wet your whistle a little bit. Hopefully it was useful. I don't know. Yep. Um, I, I, I'm going to go maybe a little bit off script and if uh, if you hear this don't hear this then, then matt said no <laughs> uh, um i wanted to recognize uh a, a life that was lived to its fullest um someone that we both know yep. you know fought the good fight until there was no fight left mm -hmm. Um, I don't know how you feel about mentioning his name. That, that's I think I think you, he's a friend of ours, so I'm good with he that. Is, yeah, uh, Brett Anderson. Yeah, he was my, he was a stick partner of mine, and I got to know him throughout the years. And um, um, Matt knew him also. And what made him so amazing was being a pilot was. <laughs> just a small minuscule part of his life part yeah. of who he was he and he it, the people he touched he was he was one of the most positive mm -hmm. upbeat uh, you know nothing got him down you know he got he could get frustrated with things but he was just he was someone that when you look at things you go that was a life that was full and he lived it and he didn't and he fought to the end um and i just wanted to acknowledge him and just say you know we talk about flying here. We talk about mental skills and everything, but it's all about people and it's all about relationships and how people affect you and how you affect others. And I just wanted to take a moment and, and acknowledge him and his loved ones and go, he affected me in a positive way. My life is better for having known him. 
And, you know, I'm sure we can reflect upon people in all of our lives. We all probably have our Brett Andersons that we can look back and go, they were a, they were a positive influence and factor in our lives. And I just wanted to throw that out there that, you know, he, he, he fought the good fight and he was one heck of a guy. The things he did, it's like, geez, I couldn't hold a candle to all the things. Yeah. You know, we were talking about the other day about one of the, you know, how, how he helped people on layovers and how, uh, you know, you mentioned something about, uh, you know, how he built this, this, uh, this workout facility for his daughter and and it helped other people along the way. And it was, he helped so many people and without, without, Mm -hmm. Anybody asking for anything yep. in return? It was just amazing. Yeah, he he was he you know Brett battled with uh, uh, pulmonary fibrosis or yeah pulmonary fibrosis I think he had lung, uh, lung or uh, fiber his lungs had some lung issues and he was on a transplant list and he I mean the man the guy just fought and fought and he convinced the transplant team you know that I he got lung cancer and they weren't taking people with lung cancer and he you know wrote letters and he got and they said okay we'll we'll put you in this transplant experimental thing and you know he fought all the way to the very end and uh he just didn't give up you know and it took him way too early he was a young man um you know he was in his early 50s but he was a legend and he just had such a positive i've gotten to know him i really positive impact on me somebody that i really admire and um you know i'm sad sad to see him go we're just sorry that that you didn't get a chance we were hoping to have him on as a yeah we were planning uh, on it speak uh, you know as a guest speaker but we didn't want to end this on a down note this is actually a moment of celebration to celebrate someone whose life that was just amazing and that touched us in such a positive way and um and we hope that there are people like that for all of you out there that your life is better because they were a part of it. Um, any last words for today? Brett Anderson. That's my last words. And that's a hell of a that's a hell of an ending statement. As always, we thank you for being a part of our family. We hope that you, that you're getting something that's useful and positive and and beneficial in your life and the life of others that you may share. Please pass us along to others. Give us a like, thumbs up, tell people about uh, us. We want to grow our community and help others that are in need of, of just a little bit or a lot of bit of help. Until then, until next time, we thank you and we hope that you have a great day and we look forward to seeing you on our next podcast. Take care. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Lift Effect Podcast. If you want to dive deeper into this episode and every episode, go to our website, lifteffect.com forward slash podcast. If you're enjoying the show, we would love it if you'd follow us on Spotify and rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate your support. You can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn, all with the ID Matthew McNeil. This show is brought to you by Lift Effect. 
a clinical mental health and consulting company that assists air carriers, corporate flight departments, pilot unions, and commercial pilots by providing comprehensive psychotherapy and mental skills coaching services to pilots with mental health and mental performance related issues. Visit lifteffect.com, that's L-I-F-T-A-F-F-E-C-T.com to book your free consultation. And finally, this podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practice of counseling, psychotherapy, medicine, or any other healthcare service, including the giving of medical advice. No therapeutic or provider-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and any materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining advice for any psychological or medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you next time on the Lift Effect Podcast.